everyone. You're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends break down romance novels scene by scene and give you our highly learned takes on the craft. Just kidding. We mostly do silly voices and cackle at our own jokes. Today's episode is no different. Before we get started, I'm going to do a Patreon shout out. Susan R., you are descended from Kanaloa, the Hawaiian god known for being the spiritual leader of the underworld, a mysterious healer, and teacher of magic, who would most often take the form of an octopus, or he'e. Growing up, Kanaloa was my third favorite Hawaiian god behind Pele and Hi'iaka, and he might be the origin of my love for octopodes. In myths, he is powerful yet flexible and can get out of any scrape he finds himself in. He's the deity ancient Hawaiians called on when wayfinding because he's the navigator. He's the subtle complement to Hawaii's chief god, Kane. Don't believe the Haoles who say that Kanaloa is evil or Hawaii's devil. That's some Judeo-Christian projection that happened after missionaries colonized the islands and started bastardizing their culture. Instead, he's a leader. He's flexible, intelligent, and multifaceted, just like you. Head over to our Patreon if you want close to 150 bonus episodes, gifts, and shoutouts like the one you just heard. And now, Aaron and I recap Love's Serenade by Cheryl Lister. Enjoy! It's so weird every time he talks to it's us. So, the funny thing to me is how it asks my consent. It's yes. like... Do you know this woman? Because she's making a video of you right now. <laughs> That's what I love about it. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you what happened this morning to me? I have a story too. I was do like, you? she's going to love me so much because I'm coming in with banter. All I right. Do love you tell you. me. Okay. What's your deal? Listen, I have been burning the midnight oil, um, getting bonkers off the ground. Like I'm, I'm eat. I'm eating, I'm sleeping. Well, I'm rarely sleeping, but I'm just like, I feel like I'm you. I feel like I have three jobs and it's just because it's at the very beginning, you know? Mm -hmm. So last night I finally like stumbled up to bed and I made the mistake of taking my melatonin like 15 minutes before I normally do. So I was very sleepy when I got up there. And then (laughs) this morning, Michael let me sleep in, which was incredible. And so I rolled over and I like bleary eyed looked over at the um, at my side table and there was half a piece of chocolate sitting there. Just half an eaten piece of chocolate. Half though. Half. <laughs> I had taken a bite on the way up the stairs, put oh. it down on my side table, forgotten, oh, okay. got okay. ready for okay. bed and then went the fuck to sleep. And so this morning... I had a little piece of breakfast chocolate. <laughs> That's was great. The best. <laughs> you should do that every day. I agree with you. I agree. I've never eaten half a piece of chocolate. What's that like? Listen, it was the fifth piece <laughs> of chocolate. Um, okay. But I only managed to do half of it. And then I set it down while I was like putting down my phone and stuff. And I was so uh-huh. tired that it all just looked the same to me. So hmm. okay. <laughs> I know. Well, I understand. I understand if you if you don't recognize it as an edible object because you tricked yourself. My God, Melody has Melody is eating. <laughs> Melody, hi, listener. 
Melody has a drink that she's drinking. Oh, yeah, I do. And there are cubes of mango, mango. in the bottom. Is that mango. correct? And she just <laughs> snorfled that. The drink is gone. And she yeah. just snorfled a lot of the mango <laughs> down from the bottom, shook it into her mouth, and then had it in her cheeks like a chipmunk. <laughs> and she's about to do it again. Yeah. Here's yeah. my story. Mm-hmm. We're... Legit famous now. My God. What? <laughs> can't. She can't. It's like Chubby Bunny. Just be normal. <laughs> Touch it with your hands like a normal human woman. We have thumbs. We don't have to do this. <laughs> you know? You're not a dog where your mouth is your hands, you know? Like, <laughs> you can sure? use them. <laughs> I was just talking about that lately. Do you, I mean, does it blow anyone else's mind that, like, dogs and cats, their mouths are their hands? I know. Like, if they want to pick something up, they have no choice mm-hmm. other than to put it in their mouth. It's true. Isn't that kind of nuts? Wait, my other story is that I saw a squirrel today no, as I was driving. I saw a squirrel Carrying another squirrel in its mouth. Okay, that's a story. Because I was going to say, I, I feel like you are really stretching what a story no. is with with both the chocolate story and I saw a squirrel. But double squirrel, that's a story. I Tell was like, me everything. Is that squirrel dead? But it was like I it stopped. Wasn't? No, I stopped at the stop sign and like I could have gone. I could have gotten to my well, destination you're in a car on time. For this? Yes, it ran across the road in front of me. Just as I was pulling up to the stop sign, it ran across the fucking crosswalk, this squirrel, and it had another living squirrel in its mouth. And, like, I... So I like I sat there and I was late to my destination because I was like I need to know everything about this squirrel couple. What happened? What's their what story? Is is he carrying her over the threshold or vice versa? Like what's going on here? Yeah. I never got the full story out of them. Oh. One of its mouths was full. You understand. So it really couldn't tell me. And well, Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did see that other squirrel like move its tail, and then wrap it around the neck of the other one. So I really feel like it was, like, either a romantical situation or it was, like, a mother squirrel, baby squirrel situation. It was a juvenile-ish squirrel, I feel like, or a small one. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. I'm not a squirrelologist. That's like the problem we had with that triceratops. Yes. Remember that? Is it a baby? We had... Wow, we're not just talking small. about books today. We there was that time that there was the there was on the cover a, a woman and a small triceratops that were going to bang in this book. It was and so we didn't, small. Somehow that became an issue of so, this is the world we live in. Yeah, listener felt that that might be an issue because the triceratops might be too young to consent. I mean, I bestiality is one thing, but pedophilia bestiality, pedophile bestiality, is something that's yeah. totally different. Okay, no one questioned whether an adult triceratops could <laughs> consent to having sex with this human woman, but we did not want. A baby triceratops having sex. So it was either a small mm-hmm. triceratops yeah. or a baby one. And then, like, people were weighing in oh, on, yeah. like, the science. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these are the people that listen to our show. Anyway, I love okay. It. Hi. Good morning. That's not a word. Speaking of famousness. Famousness. I don't know what four words I was trying to say at the same time. Specifying. <laughs> Speaking of being famous, guess what? What? Oh, she can't say what because, again, she's shaking those mangoes into her mouth. Come on! <laughs> stop, di- stop.
ditching me out? No, stop diming me out. Can we do this? Are we having so drunk? (laughs) That's probably true. That's drunk fruit, too. The the fruit's getting you drunk like an 1800s lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very fancy and old-timey over here. Anyways, my friend Christine, her friend Angela, who I don't know and lives in San Francisco, was driving around the Bay Area and saw somebody with a heaving bosom sticker on their car. No. Yeah. Incredible. And was, I, was like, I think that's my friend's friend's podcast. <gasps> wow. So that's fame. We did it, right? I think so. I mean, I feel like I did We're it right now. Yeah. I in feel this famous. moment, I feel achieved. Yeah. Achieved? Totally. Oh, no. This is going to go well. Melody, (laughs) why did you do it? I don't know. Listen, so Michael made me this cocktail, and then um, he was playing with the kids, and so I snuck away, and I did did get another one because it was so good. And I came back with a full one, and he was like, oh, I thought you said you were recording tonight. And I was like, I am. I'm going to be totally fine. It's going to be great. And it will be. So today we're talking about Love Serenade. By Cheryl Lister. That's the serenade. <laughs> that's our love song, Erin. You and I. Whew, that's the best serenade we've serenaded since that young adult book. I agree. I agree. I don't think there's any way that anybody could uh, argue with that. So we're in 1924s down in Louisiana. Uh, yeah, she started. Alabama. Well, I don't know. She almost. I. She said Magnolia something about like somewhere. The border to go to Louisiana at some yeah. point. So she may be in like a maybe a Georgia, Arkansas. Or Mississippi. It's an Arkansas. It's I an read Arkansas because it Liz is from Arkansas as well. Yes, Magnolia, yes. Arkansas. And it's 1924, and Lee. Wait, is- no, I want to talk about this first. Oh, tell me everything. So this book. So Cheryl Lister, who's mm-hmm. the author of this book wrote a different book for every decade of the ninth the twentieth century. Nice. Did you know that? No. So this is a series. There's a book both fe- featuring um black main character or all featuring black main characters in each decade of the century. Isn't that oh, cool? Oh I thought it was I thought it was different authors for each cent each decade. Oh is it? Yeah, I think it so. Is. It's, a, right. it's a group it project. So somebody, yeah. it's a group project. I'm so sorry. But no this this one is Cheryl Lister. But yeah. I just thought that was really cool. It's part of a series, but the series, they're all standalones. Yeah. But there are, I feel like there are so few books from the 20s. Uh-huh. And I see a lot of people asking about books, like, that has kind of like that fashion sense and mm-hmm. the jazz and the, you know, all the blur. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the very few ones and so if you're looking for a book from a specific decade this check is out the series because you will find it yeah anyway okay cool 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 yeah that was oh i i didn't know it was like all the way through the 20th century yeah. though that's really now neat. now i'm nervous that it isn't all black main characters i thought so I when i said that but now but since i got the author wrong now i'm nervous i got everything wrong. no i'm i'm pretty sure because it's um decades a journey of african-american romance oh perfect that's what yep, the series that, is called then then i should hope so yeah, right? if there's a rogue book in there with like yeah. white main characters then, that would um, be strange they did not understand the assignment <laughs> yeah they didn't get the assignment <laughs> if that's the case i don't know strange that it was chosen yeah, to I don't be know how the they project. got past the editor frankly <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so so we're in Louisiana. We're in Arkansas. Arkansas. We're in Arkansas. We're on our way to Louisiana. Yeah. 
And Miles and Lee have decided to leave their May Lee. Miles and May Mary Lee. Maybell, May, May Mary. She's changing Mary. her name, everyone. And she wants to be called Lee. And so I want to respect that, mostly because I don't super recall what the first it was Mary or May Lee. It had May in it. I the the reason why I'm bringing this up is I kind of felt like this is one of those books where the, there's a guy that like knew her before she was yeah. something different before her transformation. Yeah. And oh, yeah. he calls her her like given name. You know what? Immediately. It's both. It's May Lee. What? And then later on, it says Mary Lee Johnson turns lightly. Miles Cooper, I told you to stop calling me that old country name. So yes. it's both May Lee and Mary Lee. See, we're both right. I know. So he calls her that and she's like, no, I want to be, I want to be Lee now because yeah. I'm going to go be a jazz singer in, in, New York City. She's going to be a fancy. Yeah, but I kind of, I kind of wanted that to come back more than it did. Like, I kind oh. of wanted him to be like he knew her before she changed her name, and then once she got all fancy, I kind of wanted him to be like, I know the real you, because there are some times where he's like, I know you more than anybody else. Oh yeah, I know how you do your apple pies and how you dip your toast in coffee. We'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. But, like, those kinds of things. And it's like, he's the only one around her now that knows that well, she's Liz actually Liz does, mainly. too. Liz is from yeah, her Yeah, I know. I just kind of wanted it to come back, and it never did. Anyways, yeah. so I here mean, they I, are. I guess it came back in very in different ways, but it wasn't specifically him calling her Maylee. And I actually liked that because I thought it showed how much he respects her. Yeah, I think I just love the trope so much yeah. of, like, when somebody in the main couple has a name for the other one that no one else has. Yeah. And that do- maybe that doesn't fit in this book, but I wanted I wanted it to fit in this book. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So, I will say that overall, I think that the tone of this book is not usually my style. Like I read up on Cheryl Lister and it says that she writes a lot of inspirational romance in addition oh. to other romance. Yeah. Okay. And so I was like, okay, this is why I'm not like super meshing with the tone. I really like the story. I really like the narrative. I really liked how sweet and yet very sexy it was. It managed to be sexy as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it it has an inspirational romance tone that I just generally yeah. don't jive with. So the tone of this didn't I really wanted to like it, Mel, and I just <laughs> I just didn't. The tone didn't resonate with me. And then also to me, the story didn't make a ton of sense with their mm. motivation. Like I just kept being like, why are you guys keep making these choices? Like I don't get it. Okay. And I kept feeling like there just wasn't there just wasn't a lot of there there. Like, I just felt like it kept mm. going without, like, a reason to keep going. And things kept dragging on and didn't, like, need to keep dragging in the way that they were. It's it, it's that thing of, like, just mean. talk to each other. Why do these right, conversations right, right. keep ending prematurely? Like, it just right. kept kind of churning in that way without really going forward. And I yeah. didn't – I yeah, anyway. Yeah, but I think the – I wanted the, to like it. I just kind of didn't, but I – Fair enough. I mean, I think that the only thing that, like, as far as the narrative structure is concerned that I didn't super love is that it didn't really feel like there was a subplot. Like, all Mm-mm. of the all of the conflicts felt like equal conflicts. And mm-hmm. they they all sort of held equal importance instead of one being the main and then the other sort of being sub-conflicts. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. each one sort of needed its own climax. And because of that, I was like, I don't know which one, like, we're doing now. I don't know, like, why. Like, 
why why is this one as important as this other one? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the only thing that I really, that I didn't super love about the narrative structure. But Regardless, I really liked them. Like, I really liked both of them. I loved – this is a really comforting story in that Mm -hmm. all of the conflicts are, for the most part, like, external. Like, Mm -hmm. I, the reader, was never, ever worried about their relationship because of choices they were making. It was all either external or, like, miscommunications. And so because of that, it didn't, like – I wasn't like, oh, no, what's going on with them? Are they going to be okay? Like, are they safe? Are they little? And I I really liked that. See, I, I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't, um, I didn't buy a lot of the conflict and their motivations and stuff. Sure. So like, but I, I did really appreciate the, I believed strongly the setting. And she put oh, in God. a lot of history and day-to-day yeah. stuff about, like living in New York City, well, specifically Harlem yeah. in the twenties, and like just kind of dumb stuff, like doing their laundry yeah. and doing kind of the settings of the jazz clubs and like the the colors and the smoking and mm-hmm. the you know just kind of the vibe. And I, I really kind of like being dipped into that. Yeah, yeah. Scene. I felt like I was. I, I felt like I was just like swimming around in the twenties. It was really, yeah. really neat. It was really nice. Um, yeah. I loved. Yeah. So we'll we'll get into it. Okay. Yeah. We're we're all over the place. So we're, we're in we're in we're Arkansas, Arkansas and we're gonna right. go to Louisiana and basically. So Maylee, she's Lee now and she's cutting out for New York City That's and right. her guy Miles is there yeah. and he's going with her. Yes. Question mark? They're moving okay. to New York together. They're running away. He does not know that she is fleeing a sort of quasi-arranged marriage that she's definitely right. not into with this grifter who's posing as a church man. Right. And has, like, convinced her parents that he's a good church man. Yeah. But what I kind of didn't understand is, like, she said something like, I gave this guy, Miles, my innocence, mm-hmm. and we've been together before, but then she's, like, weird about sleeping in the bed with him, so mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if they were, like, were they intending to be together? Yes. Okay. I was like, is it because it was one time? Is it because, right. like, I didn't understand what it meant in that moment, but then toward the end, like, you know, you get that they had only been together that once. They had only been, like, intimate that one time. I get that, time. but, like, were they intending – had they made this decision of, like, we're going to be together romantically? I mean, I thought so, but at the same time, she's weird about sleeping in bed with him, and then, spoiler right. alert, listener, he fucks off without a word. Yeah, so, okay, so basically – all right, so they, I was very they go to sleep. about the prologue, that's all. Yeah, I was, <laughs> too. Confused. I was super confused, and I didn't – it didn't – um it didn't completely get clarified for me either. Right, right. So they do sleep in the same bed, but they do not. They don't screw around, canoodle right? at all. And then um, in the morning, she gets up and there's a note, and we don't know what it says. I'm sure it she says doesn't something say what like, it says. I had to leave, Miles. I can't. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, and then uh, under the note is a stack of dollar bills. So many monies he leaves her. So I was like, okay. And then she's like, then he robbed me. And I'm like, but it sounded like he left you dollars. Wait, what? He robbed her? Yeah. He took her music. Oh, yeah. He and took like her like some music. other stuff, I mm, think. Yeah. But they like, like later it's like, oh, it's stuff to remember her by him, mm-hmm. her, you know, but like. In the moment, she's like, he fucking stole my music and he's going to sell it to a record producer. And now, you know, I'm destitute because my music is gone. Yeah. 
But then it's like he gave her those bills to pay for the music? Or to pay for the trip? Like, to pay for the train up? I don't, listen, I don't know. But she is heartbroken. And I understand that. She is just as bewildered as Aaron and I are, you know? So in that way, the prologue is very accurate. So, So then chapter one, we cut forward to 1927. She's in New York. So three years later. Yeah, three years later. And she's been living in Harlem this whole time. She's been living in, like, this building of a friend who moved up from Magnolia as well. And, like, she owns a restaurant downstairs. And she's turned – she's recently turned the restaurant into a club. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden – She inherited this restaurant from – which was also kind of strange because, like, if she's in Magnolia and then she's going to go to Harlem with yeah. Miles, like, when did Liz get out to Harlem? Before and her I parents. Think. Yeah. So it's like, was that the plan always to meet I think up so. with Liz? Yeah. Okay. And then her, Liz's parents were in Harlem and left her the restaurant, but like Liz lived in Magnolia. I don't know about that. I I wondered if like she and Liz were childhood friends who stayed in touch after Liz moved north, and like her parents got the restaurant. And, okay, yeah, they that, got that like a little that more going. sense. I, that's what I thought, but it was never like written down no. on the page. And I thought like that would be a normal thing now, but like back then, your parents living in Harlem and you living in Arkansas or uh, growing up in Arkansas is like not yeah did not make sense yeah i mean unless it's that's i mean maybe it does just because like at that point it's almost like an immigrant story like it's so fucking hard to travel back then that like Mm -hmm. you know we have we have friends in bayonne who started a restaurant over here and they send basically like all the money they can back to their kids in china before they can like bring them over so I mean, it might be sort of a situation situation, Yeah, where the parents are in Harlem and Liz is being raised by an auntie or a grandparent. Yeah, okay. I can see that. But it's not But it's not written We're we're fan-ficking right now. Okay. (laughs) So Liz has done this club thing, but she's out of a singer all of a sudden, everyone. (gasps) She has no singer. singer. is fucking off to Chicago's. It's like your best, ma'am, your best friend. Move to Harlem to become a jazz singer. And she's good. It's not like, this is awkward. My friend came here to be a singer and I own a jazz club. So I have to like kind of quietly tiptoe around. Yeah. No, she's good. No, she's real good. And she lives above the fucking club. I know. And you're telling me it's been three years and you haven't given this bitch a job? <laughs> like some friend. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but like finally, finally the lead singer is like, I'm sick or whatever. And so yeah. she's like, what am I... What am I going to do? Where will I find a singer? No, no. Uh, Lee says that. And then Liz is like, I've got a plan. You. And Liz is like, what? You couldn't possibly. Look at me. I'm just a jazz singer who lives above the fucking club (laughs) and is your best friend. It's very cute because then they do a big. Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. 
There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. Snuggle and they're like, oh, ladies supporting ladies. And Lee has sung in the club like a couple of nights a week and stuff, but it's usually like the shitty Tuesdays, you know? Yeah, she's like a part-time right now. So, wow, she has a new job. But then, on her like first night, I feel like, at the Magnolia Club, there's a dude smoking in a corners. But he says, so we go to Miles's POV and he says that he's been going to that club and sitting in that booth and getting hit on by Belinda the waitress Mm. for two weeks. Really? How big is this club? Right? (laughs) Because like if I'm if I'm like bartending yeah. and my ex boyfriend who betrayed me and stole all my music comes into that bar every night for two weeks, I'm gonna notice. Yeah, she also lives there. I mean, I will say this: a couple of the really really famous jazz clubs that still exist in Harlem. Every time I've been to both of them, they were like really dark. And, and, and I'm saying, like, the lights were down very, very low. And then, like, the spotlights on the stage or whatever. And I don't know that Liz, like, knew Miles. So I don't know. Okay. I might be fanficking this, too. But it's not like a diner. Uh-huh. It's a jazz club. It's dark. I, here's, hi. And smokes. Good morning. The hazes of smokes. Conf- confessions with Aaron. Aaron doesn't hate like a jazz music. club. She doesn't Can't like going do there. Hate a jazz club. <laughs> I don't listen. Love New Orleans. Loved going to bars. Uh-huh. Hate a jazz club. Can't do it. I don't. Well, you know how I feel about live music. Yes. I'm mostly anti. Yeah. Um, unless unless I can be very far away. And you can unless be it's dashboards confessionals. And then yeah, and I was far. I don't. I don't like. I don't like it when it's loud, and yeah. I especially don't like it when it's right there. Yeah. I don't want to try to have a conversation with my friend when there's a singer right there playing mm-hmm. like a washboard and being like, "Yeah, I'm do-. like, I don't. It's just, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like live music. I'm sorry. I'm the worst. And a jazz club is like the worst part of it because yeah. people take jazz so serious. They take it very seriously. And you never know if you're, like, allowed to talk or, like, if it's the t- – because sometimes it seems like in jazz you are allowed to talk, but then right. other times it's, like, everybody hush. It's it's the sc- scat times or right. something. Like, some there's some parts where it's, like, no, <laughs> this guy's improvising. And it's, like, well, Shut I can't fucking, fucking tell the difference. <laughs> to me, it's just, like, boop, 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 boop. Like, it's all sounds. So – and again, I play multiple instruments. I don't know or care about jazz. I love a jazz um, club. Um, this is one of the ways that – one of the many ways we are different. I love a jazz club. I love getting just drunk enough to, like, feel like I can feel the music going into my body. It's the best. Oh, Yeah, I don't – I love it. I love watching, like, the the upright bassist just, mm-hmm. like, keeping that fucking time – on the, on the boom, boom, I don't, boom, 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 It boom, seems boom, fine. Boom, 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 boom. I just don't want to – It's I 
I want to let it happen if it wants to happen. I just don't need to be there. I hear you. I hear you. Anyways, I loved La La Land. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke that I wanted to make. Okay. Big hard joke. I didn't know about jazz until Ryan Gosling like taught me about it. And then you guys. Jazz. Anyway, sorry. He was like tinkling on those ivories, I feel like. Tinkle, tinkle. Ryan Gosling. Invented jazz. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Okay. So anyway, on. <laughs> he is like, wow, Lee is, wow, she is so technically good up there. Wow. Lee mm-hmm. is just doing the damn business up there. But then he's like, but you know what's missing that I know that I can pull out of her is passions. And so he surprises her on stage, which is a mean thing to do after you abandon someone in the dead of the night three years ago. He steps out into the light. He does. And he, like, shoos the pianist away, and then he plays the duet they wrote together that he stole. The one he stole! (laughs) One of the few he stole. There is so much in this book of Miles being like, it's not time for that yet. (laughs) (laughs) Not until we're ready. I don't want to rush you, baby. It wasn't the time. Miles, this wasn't the time. This isn't a great idea. Also, Mm. this is a brand new job. Don't fuck her up. She might get fired by her best friend. It's clearly a tenuous friendship when it comes to the business end of the situation. She's a businesswoman. Yeah. (laughs) So... They do play that song, and it is gorgeous, and the crowd, like, eats it up with a spoon, and it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. But then he tries to, like, sidle on up to her, and she's like, go fuck yourself, to the point that she punches him in the jaw. And I loved it. Yeah, she gives him a big punch. Yeah. I liked that. I enjoyed that. I loved it a lot. Everybody in the club is very surprised. Yeah. And horny. And and right. And Belinda the waitress is like, how dare you? touch that man i've been hitting on to no avail belinda it's Um, been two weeks like buck up or shut up i mean either he's gonna fuck you or he's gonna he's not and it's been two weeks ma'am so like belinda get it get a different plan yeah yikes anyway so anyway she goes up to her house and then liz is like hey girl uh that dude is still down there. And also, that's Miles, right? Like, that's the Miles. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk to him. Like, tell him to fuck off. But mm-hmm. she convinces her to go down, and they have a, a teeny tiny chat. And he's like, I'm here because I missed you. This is my problem, though. The teeniest <laughs> chat. Because it's like, she goes down there, and it's very like, you're back, and I don't like it. Because you left, and you left me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's like, I'm back because I missed you. And there's no, like, why did you leave? Right. Or there is, but it's like, why did you leave? I can't tell you right now. And then she's like, okay, this conversation is over. I have to wash my hair. And then, like, leave. Like, I mean, also fair. I guess, but it's just like, have a full conversation. If the conflict in the book is predicated by them continuously cutting off the the conversation right after they ask the question, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Like, I don't I, I don't know how to say it. I'll find an example at some point. No, they no, do no. this another I, 16 times. Yeah, I totally hear you. Um, there were definitely moments where I was like, why can't you tell her, Miles? Is your tongue broken? And then when he tells her, I still don't fucking get it. Like, I still don't really. I know. I know. Well, I mean, it's I not kind like some day. I thought we were going to get like a big secret or something. No, there's no secret. So, so then they, they part 
And she, like, does laundry in the 20s and stuff. And he... <laughs> what? That's what happens. I just love it. Like, could we just add that they do stuff in the 20s to everything? And then she goes down the stairs in the 20s. In the 20s. And then they do have a conversation with each other. And it's the 20s. And in the 20s. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So then we get, like, sort of his story. And he's like, yeah, I'm here because I missed her. I'm here because I want her back. I'm here because I left three years ago because I felt like I had to because I didn't know how to, like, put down roots. And I knew that that's, like, what she wanted. And so instead, I left and I've had, like, a few dalliances, but nobody's ever been, like, Lee... I've always broken up with them because she's the only person that I want. Like, it's not just her personality. It's her voice. It's her goals. It's her passion. It's, like, all of these things. So he's very set on winning her back, and he realizes it's going to be an uphill climb. But he also, like, is definitely only going to do it on his terms, which I found hilarious. So the next major thing that happens, I think, is that they go to a house party. And I really liked, this was one of the historical details that I really, really loved. So we're in, we're in the midst of prohibition. And, you know, that's when in New York, especially New York, Chicago, a lot of other big cities, that's when a lot of speakeasies happen. And that's one of the reasons that blues music and blues dancing became so popular is because people would go, you know, in they would like pack in and there wasn't a lot of like room to do the Lindy Hop and other dances that like require a lot of spinning and a lot of jumping and a lot of other shit. And so I loved this because this one in particular is called a rent party because one of the people in the couple like lost their job. And so the whole neighborhood is coming and bringing food and you have to pay an admission fee and then you have to buy food and you have to buy drinks. And like you're you're basically supporting and helping these people make their rent that month until they can find another job. And it was just it was so cool because for me, at least, it packed in so many details of the 20s, including but not limited to like that speakeasy feel. And then also uh, highlighting the fact that it was especially hard to get well-paying work as a black person in New York Mm -hmm. or anywhere in the United States. Um, So I don't know. I just I really love this. They go to this rent party and she sees Miles there. And he, like, he does that thing where he goes right on. Oh, there's a lot of um sex work shaming in this book. Trigger warning, sex work shaming. And, yes. oh, and some slut shaming, too. A lot of slut shaming in this. Yeah. Light slut shaming. Yeah. Heavy yeah. sex work shaming, I would yes. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's did a good all this. It. I want, hey, I want a listener to know. I did a lot of research on what a rent party was. And yeah. the 20s. And Melody just told you all of it. Oh. And, but I want you <laughs> to know that I did it too. <laughs> I also Googled that. So I didn't Google it. I just knew that from shut, being a blue dancer. Stop. How dare you? I didn't Stop it. Google it. <laughs> this I'm, is history I know from the blues not, dancing community. Not only did Melody just have that in her head because she <laughs> knows about the history of dance, but so did I. And I just want everyone to know that. So, yeah. So oh he just comes God. in and kind of like 
goes right up to her and like kind of like grabs her and starts dancing with her in a sexy, uh, dirty dancing sort of a way. And yeah. then he's like, holster your weapons, baby. I'm just here to dance with you. And like, again, just be like, why did you, why did you leave? <laughs> why did you take my shit when you did? You know what? Because his pheromones hit her. His whole sexy panther thing is just like really getting to her. And she can't help it. She just, she gets all, I think she says, like, she gets all like, like stupid or I don't know. She like loses her head. I think she says. When I guess she's that's in his fine, but just be like, I, I need to have a ten minute conversation first. Let's just yeah. let's just talk real quick. Okay, and then mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. No, 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 I'm sorry. Yes. I needed to step away from the romance again because I remembered why I went on the tangent about blues dancing versus Lindy Hop and stuff like that. And yes. it's because Lindy Hop like basically fell out of favor because you could not do it at these parties. And so the fact yeah, that she that? says, no, I know. But the fact oh. that she says that they did blues dancing and then a Lindy Hop and then like a different kind of swing dance, I call shenanigans. No, they didn't. Oh, I see. No, they didn't. Well, maybe maybe there weren't enough people <laughs> at this rent party. She said when they like got like pressed themselves into the crowd when they walk in. They did not do the Lindy Hop. Maybe Listen, they did a dangerous Lindy Hop. Maybe they just took like off like bumper cars. Like collision. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they just decapitated folks and it was left off the page. I get that. Maybe. I get that. Maybe. Yeah. Stomping on toes. Yeah. yeah. So they do a sexy dance. They do a sex dance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then afterwards, he does like a sex kiss your hand. Yes. And that was pretty hot. Yes. But I will say that the only thing about the romance that that kind of hit me, Melody, in the wrong places is just that a lot of it is just like very sincere and like very sugary sweet and I There's no understand. humor in this book. No, I understand why other people like that. I just, mm-hmm. I get, I get weird to the point that I ruined the first time my husband was going to tell me he loves me because he wanted to take me on the carriage ride in Central Park. And when he suggested it, I was like, oh, God, no. Oof, carriage rides. They're so... <laughs> and, like, the poor horses and, like... Burr, 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 uh-huh. burr. And I go on this tirade just shitting on his I love you plan. So that that's just me, Melody. Mm-hmm. That's all. But it's also... It's, it's repetitive, <laughs> too. Like, I can't... Like, I feel like when you do one of those, like, sugary, sweet, like, very sincere overtures right yeah yeah if you do too many of them they kind of lose their thing and i Mm. I, he tells her i missed you more than you know like that particular quote so like five times times, and it's like yeah yeah, and i but you know you gotta like every time he talks to her can't be this like big I loved you so much thing, especially when, without being like, and this is why I abandoned you. <laughs> right. This you is know? why I did you super wrong and broke your hearts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Listen, it worked for Lee, I guess. And that's really what matters. Right. So like Frank, who is like the person like the of the person. Player. Who is he? The piano. Yeah. Like he is a, a gamble. He, he does, does a gamble. He does some gambles. Then um, Miles gets a job doing a piano at something called the Cotton Club. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty uh, rough. Oh, it's racist all the way through and through. It's racist all the way through. It's racist it by design. a plantation-themed jazz club, which is, 
you really got to try for that. Um, and they did. They did. So he only does that for like two weeks, I want to say, because he's uh, not about participating in It was that also a real place. What? Oh, yeah. Where the – so I guess I'm not surprised that – you know what I mean? Like No, so the, it's a – I'm not was surprised that there were racist jazz clubs where it's like white people are the patrons and, the, and like everyone who works there is black. But it's like – they had like a painting yeah. of like a cotton that field was real. on the stage. Ugh. Yeah. So it was <sighs> it was basically set up as a like white pillars as if you're looking as if you're looking off the porch, I guess. Out, yeah. Of a yeah. plantation house. And the only people who were allowed admission as patrons were white. And then everybody who worked there, both staff and the entertainment were black. And this was done by design. So he is like, wow, I'm really excited because the the paycheck is really good. But like, I'm not going to stay on with this band at this club. Because what does he say? He's like, I felt like I was being he looked said he, at. He felt like he was performing, like he was an animal performing, yes. like she, it was a zoo and stuff. Which, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's like, like a the plantation mood and the fantasy. style of music had him feeling like some exotic animal on display in a jungle. Oof. Oof. Yeah, real place, real thing, really happened. I guess Fuck like off. I'm not surprised, but it's yeah. just no. I know it's just horrendous. <laughs> yeah. So Frank does get beat the fuck up. Because of a gambling debt. Because he owes a gambling whatever. Yeah. And now, not only do we not have a singer at the club, but we don't have a pianos player. What? And you know who plays the piano? He's so good and well. Is Miles. Miles. tinkles on those ivories. Real yeah. well, I've heard. And he's going to take that job. Yeah. Because he needs the job, but also because of Lee. Because he's trying he to loves. get some forced proximity up in here. And it's nice. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, and to be clear... Uh, Liz does ask Lee's permission before she does this because she right, is. Right, but he doesn't. No. And I like Because it. she asks and Lee's like, you know, whatever, I get it, you need to do it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, are you comfortable with me doing this? And she's like, if I told you that I wasn't, would you not do it? And he's, he's like, like ha you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. <sighs> Okay, so then they go for a walk. He asked her to go for a walk. Oh, okay. And he's like, do you want to get ice cream? I remember that vanilla is your favorite flavor. And she's like, you did? Can I just, like, okay. (laughs) I I don't know. Like, listen, the 20s, maybe they didn't, like, have more flavors. Sure. But by the statement that they said that vanilla was her favorite. There were other options believe that there were more flavors than vanilla. Mm, And if there is any more flavors than (laughs) vanilla, you've got a problem if vanilla is your favorite flavor. You know what? I would argue that vanilla is not a flavor. Vanilla is the base. It's the base. And then the flavor, otherwise you just like ice cream. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, you just like ice cream. And then if... You like a, a you certain just like, flavor. You it like has to be like cold chocolate. cream. Right. This is I'm saying this out loud. You like mm. to eat cold, flavorless cream, and I wow. don't understand that. Wow. Do you think maybe back then vanilla was more flavory because they would like use the beans? I think it was actual more... vanilla beans and syrups and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I still she lost me on this. I cu- <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. And then he says like, "I know everything about you, my baby. Like I know how you make a a damn good apple pie. It's all food Wait, based." I've, I've got it. I've got it. I know I've how you like your ice cream. Somewhere. 
I know that you like ice cream. Yeah. I know Don't how you like your ice cream. You- nothing. <laughs> I, I know how no, you actually, like nothing. I know like, no, it says, I know that you like ice cream. Like every other bitch on the planet. You're right. Yeah. Like, anybody who has encountered ice cream likes it. This is like, whatever that book was where they bonded over how they like tacos. And it's like, every bitch likes tacos. Like, because it's a thing and you put every, whatever you want. You put all your favorite right. things inside of it. And then you munch it. Like, every girl likes tacos. That was the one where they were the text, the text friends. Yeah. Let's get textual. They were the ones that liked, and it was yeah. like, you like tacos, too? Well, yeah. we're made for tacos each other. Tacos and ranch dressing, I feel like. Yes. Yes. Okay, wait. You dunk your toast in your coffee and can make a prize-winning apple pie. <laughs> and has she won a prize with her apple pie? Listen, like, what's... I think she won the prize of his heart with her apple pie. Mm, Listen, see, and then see. it says he moved closer and reached for a strand of her hair because there is a lot of romance in this book. And it says, I know that you love reading and art sculptures and that you twirl your hair around your finger when you're thinking or when something is bothering you. He continued passionately more. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. like can't, she can't make words. And I get that. And then he tops it off with, I remember your sounds of pleasure when I touch and kiss you. They're standing in the street, and I, it says her knees turn to jelly. Mine would also turn to jelly, friends. If somebody just apropos of nothing reminded me of my sounds of pleasure when they touch and kiss me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to be a jellylicious person at that point. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I just, I feel like some of those things were things that everybody's about. And then sure. some of those things were crazy weird, like the toast and the, the coffee. Super weird. I know that you like art sculptures. Let's yeah. just, let's pause for a moment there. She likes sculpture. Mm-hmm. She likes it more than painting. When he, I understand. Oh, I get okay. what art sculptures is. But here's here's the thing. The lot yeah. of, Where we left these two. They mm-hmm. were outside of Magnolia, Arkansas in 1924. What sculptures? <laughs> I don't know. Because now, if, you, if you're if you in Magnolia, Arkansas right now, you could Google up sculptures on the internet and be like, that's my favorite kind of art. I like that art Back sculpture. Then, what is she? Is she getting like a sculpture is what I just said. catalog? Is she getting a sculpture newspaper where she's like, gosh, I like a like a good sculpture? Maybe she knew a sculptist. Okay. Magnolia, Arkansas. There are artists everywhere. Maybe she knew a Whitler. I want you to imagine. A Whitler. (laughs) Whitler on those sculptures. No. Whitler. Listen to me. (laughs) Listen. Tell me everything. Think about the beginning of A League of Their Own. How dare you, madam? Where they in their farm place? How dare you? Which is you? ten years after this. <laughs> and then think of Gina Davis being like, "I like all." You know art what sculptures. I love is a fucking art sculpture. God, I can't get enough of them. That's <laughs> fucking nuts. That's nuts. I bet everything is so researched in such a detailed way in this book that I feel like this is. This has precedence, and we're just too dumb to know about it. <laughs> no. No. You refuse? No. I think this author forgot that they hadn't known each other in New York yet. 
That's what I think. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I cannot. I cannot abide. But in Magnolia, Arkansas, she was like, you know what I hope to see someday? Sculptures. I bet that she That's knew my a interest. who had a lot That's an interest of that a- I talk about to my friends. That's a fucking insane. Whitler. So Whitler. there. <laughs> okay. So now he is like, is thinking about their last conversation. And he's like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have said that to her. Like, I didn't mean to. He didn't want to do it that fast. Yeah. I didn't mean to say she, all that he, to he her. He didn't want to go too fast. But like, also you didn't have a problem barging in on her piano times. Uh, fair enough. And like, here, uh, listen, this is understandable for the time and place and all that kind of thing. But there's also a lot of trigger warning purity culture in here. Because like mm-hmm. I just looked down and the first the first line I saw was um uh, he'd give um, she'd given him her most precious gift, something that should be for a husband, and he should have done more to protect and care for her. Because now, Aaron, she's like a torn up gift. The, the wrapping yes. paper is torn. It's been pooped on. And uh, yes. oh, it's a sad. And listen, well, again, I, mean, I think we should make have sense known, for this book. I think we should have known from the moment she said that he took her innocence that that yeah. was going to be Come back. part of this. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Fair. I sort of wish that she had, like, gone absolutely wild after this. And I'm sad that mm-hmm. that didn't happen. But it's okay. I, not everyone is yeah. a melody, I suppose. Yeah, this is one of those books where it's like... In the in the time period between the two people, they didn't really she, ever did. like anybody at all. But he didn't like them. But he boned them. He 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 boned them. <laughs> but he wasn't into it. No, you know, like I I don't like that when there's a large gap. Like usually there's somebody you're into in the middle there. You know. Yeah. No, anyway. I hear you. So anyway, he goes back to the club and he um before their like first set, I feel like he goes into the dressing room and he's like she's like what are you doing in here and he's like i just wanted to see you because i missed you and she's like you're gonna see me in 15 minutes on stage and then he says but i can't do this on stage and then boy does he smooch her he smooches her good yeah and then after the smooch it's a good smooch and then it's a good smooch. her friend liz is like so you and miles are back together and she's like no why would you ever say that and she's like because your lipstick is all the fuck over your face <laughs> and i think is that after she goes on? No, 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 no. Okay, good. <laughs> I no. thought she went out there with lipstick all over her face. It no. Be pretty funny. Oh, yeah, and then, like, the band, one of the bandmates is like, you better stop looking at her like that before you burn the place down. And he's like, how dare you say true things to me? <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. Right. Don't call a person out. So I want to say this now. He keeps saying to her, I've missed you. You have no idea how much. I want another chance. Like, when they were dancing, he was like, I ruined it last time, but this time I know it's going to be better. And, like, mm-hmm. they ke- he keeps saying shit like this, and she keeps being like, what do you mean? I don't understand. Like, she keeps being surprised by it. Like, a little bit later, this guy, like, I think later in this night, this guy flirts with her. And he's like, yeah. burr, burr, burr. and she's like, well, if I didn't know better, I would think you were jealous. And he's like, I am jealous. I am jealous. I, I want to be with you. I want another chance to Would be with like you. Would like to press restart on our relationship. And then like three pages later, she's like, why are you here? What do you want with me? What are your intentions? And he's like, I came I came back because I missed you so much. I want to and be, I with, be you with you. And I want to be with you. For real. Um, and my not intentions to leave. are, we just did smooch 
back there, that's my intentions. And mm-hmm. then, like, the next time it'll be like, is this a date? Is he taking me out? Does he want to rekindle what we had? And it's like, yes! Yeah, no, he, yes! he definitely does. He definitely And then she's does. like, gosh, I wonder why he left. But then it's like, then they'll have a conversation where she'll be like, did you sell my music sheets? And he'll be like, no, I kept them to remember you by. And she's like, okay. I guess I'm going to go do my laundry now. This conversation is over. And it's like, no, ask him why he left. Like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, all of that's that's true. So now what happens? I think this is where he takes her to, like, poems. Does he take her to poems? Maybe. (laughs) He takes her to some kind of, like, performance or something. Hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need. Because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy, and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent Would Always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. There's a St. Vincent Would Always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition Marriage of Convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie, and it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself, or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. Thing like yeah. that. Yeah, that's Where it's right. like, uh, like it's cool revolutionary visionaries doing like poems or art or something like that. Yes. Yes, he does. Would you like to accompany me to a gathering? She does meet Langston Hughes and yeah. Zora Neale Thurston, and she also um, and she meets a bunch of other people that she's like really, really stoked about for very obvious reasons because incredible. And she's like, "Oh my gosh, I love spending time with him. I hope he doesn't break my heart again." And it's yeah, yeah. And he's like, "I love seeing the excitement on her face. I love being the person to put that excitement on her face. Like it's all I want to do for the rest of my life." I need to say this. Please tell me everything. Sometimes the history stuff and the race stuff is put into this book in a way that's really good, like the Cotton Club, I thought was a really yeah. great way to highlight like what the music scene was for somebody like Miles at that time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then other times, I feel like it's super weird, like okay. this dialogue exchange. Oh. On the drive home, Lee said, I can't believe I had a chance to meet all the people I've read so much about. How did you manage to get an invitation? He says, I met Taylor Gordon a couple weeks ago. Ms. Walker is a big supporter. He's done some theater. She says, that's nice. Do you ever think that race will be treated fairly? Like, that's just like, I don't, I just felt like it was 
Oh, you know, yeah. Like, those sorts ever of things where it's like. Will be treated fairly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like it just didn't feel like the dialogue flowed right. Totally. And then they get in a conversation about race, which is, you know, cool to read in the historical context of these two in this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But it's like. But it kinda, feels like it's sort of shoehorned in. Yeah. yeah. And then other times it, it feels really, it, it's good. You know, it has to do with the characters and their story. Mm-hmm. And then other times it feels like it's kind of like a, a dissertation that's kind of added into their not dissertation, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, added into their dialogue yeah. in a way that these two, I can't imagine talking about that in that way at that time. Yeah, Does yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and while I was reading it, I wondered if some of it has to do with, like, the 1920s sort of, like, cadence of speaking, you know? Like, sometimes, that could be but it. I never – but, yeah, there were times when I was like, why – why is this happening right now? Like, I, I like right. that we're finding out about this thing, but I sort of wish that it happened within the narrative instead of, like, within the story. Two like it wasn't of the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, in the like story. Like, one time he's driving his car, and he's driving it, like, to my memory, for no, like, super big reason, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And he's pulled over by cops, and, like, it was a really impactful scene to watch because... Mm-hmm. The police officers, like, are very super racist, and they follow him back to his apartment building and, like, watch him go inside. And all of that was, like, very, very impactful. But I was like, why was he driving again? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know where he was going. Like, the Cotton Club really... scene made a lot of sense because we needed him to not have a job so that he could yeah. come back to the club and work there. So that's, like, yeah. part of the story. And some of the other stuff didn't seem like part of the story. And it kind of it kind of took me back to the book we read for Veterans Day last year with the World War II, with the ladies yeah. in World with War B, II that B-12s, fell in love. And the, the B-52s. Yeah. And, like, that was the same kind of way. It's, like, to get the history in, sometimes there was just, like, some random shit that we were reading about that had nothing to do with any of the sure. stories that were going on. Yeah. it's It just kind of took me out of it sometimes. Yeah. That makes sense. Then other times it worked. All right, so then he takes her home. And oh boy, does he start? Listen, this this goes from it's zero to kissing on her tits, like literally. Yeah, they he <laughs> he walks over to her and he starts putting his hands over like the, the like her and her decolletage, and then he literally just pulls her top below yeah. her boobs Ba-boom, and then starts suckling on them. It says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was incredible. I was so happy about it. <laughs> it's done. Then he's like, yeah, and then he's now like, we're done. Bye. See you tomorrow. And I must leave. And she's, and she's like, hello. Why did you leave me three years ago? No, she doesn't say that. She just Stop wonders it. it privately in her head, and she's very <laughs> conflicted about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She says, why did you stop? Miles groaned and set her away. Things are about to get out of hand and we need to slow down, sweetheart. He righted her clothes. I'm trying to be good and you're making it very difficult. You were being good. She you countered, were being wrapping her good. arms around him. He <laughs> laughed softly and pulled her closer. <laughs> you are something else. I have to go. Otherwise, we'll, otherwise we'll end up doing something we aren't ready for. And it's like, she was, she's like, she she's said. ready. She's definitely ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, but then but then you're right. Sometimes the phrasing just like really really sort of took me out of it because the next thing she says is, "You're probably right, but I did enjoy your kisses." And that's just not something I can I can see <laughs> me saying a person certainly. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not me. I don't know. Yeah. 
All right. So now they're like, they're going to do more club times together. And like Liz is mm-hmm. banging a blue, a bootlegger, which I really like. Yeah. That was a fun little. And then she has a whole conversation with Liz about like, why do you think he left me? Do you think it had something to do with another woman? Oh, that's right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him. Ask the man. Why did you leave me? Yeah, fair. fair. And Liz does say, have you asked him? And she's like, no. <laughs> no, I And haven't. sometimes even says, I need to explain to you why it is that I left. And but she's been like, I have to perform. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> okay. All right. Then he writes her some music for them oh, to do. man, does he ever. They... they they talk he says there are a few things that aren't finished between us but i'm sure they'll settle themselves in time not if you don't open your mouth (laughs) he leaned forward and trained his midnight gaze on her i dreamed of being here with you like this for three long years and there's no comparison to the real thing and it's like and 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 it says we almost fainted I I left. Yeah, just something. Okay. (laughs) So what happens now? Okay, so then is the scene where he Mm -hmm. tells her why he left. Mm -hmm. Listener, we are 50% into this book. This is our percent. We are 48% into this book. Okay, (laughs) ma'am. We this has been our main conflict, okay? We have been on the edge of our seat for how, why he left her in the middle of the night, high and dry. We know he stole her music to remember her by, but we don't know why he left. <laughs> so here we go. Are you wait, ready? Wait, wait, Don't they Here's... bang first? How fucking dare you? Do they bang first? You're going to miss, you're going to skip over the bang. Oh, okay. Yes. They bang first. Go ahead and talk about that. Oh my God. Really? Do they bang? Back, it's hot. Back to you, Mel. Thank you. <laughs> So they go up to her apartment and and he does these, oh man, it says, oh, Miles captured her mouth in a slow as molasses kiss. Ooh, it's hot. I, I like a molasses kiss. Right? Oh, that's nice. Oh boy. Yeah. And then it's talking about the swirly gigs his tongue is doing, only much more eloquently than I'm doing. Although and the swirly gigs his tongue did into yeah. her mouth yeah. were strange. He, <laughs> she said something. She really did no, say, it, like, it swirly gigs. His tongue made sweeping, swirling motions in her mouth. Yeah. And a flurry of sensations raced through her. That's understandable. I, I've never mm. read a, a, yeah, a tongue that swirls inside <laughs> the mouth. And I wasn't real certain about that one. That's okay. Ah. So anyway, he's got abs and a boy, and she's. He says you're more beautiful. She says than he I looks remember. like a sculpture. She because she's seen one now. Yeah, it, she's been to the Met, confirm, you fuckers. How much she did think she would love sculptures if she you ever did what? see one? She went to the Met and she thought to herself, "Man, I thought Whitland was good." But this marbles. <laughs> I thought the hay sculptures back home were so pretty. Now that I see one made of stone, I know what they're really like. My gosh. I know that you love art and sculptures. It's a weird interest now. It's a weird interest in 2021. Imagine reading a book where it's like, I know everything about you, Melody. You know what? I bet there were butter sculptures at the state fair. How dare you? <laughs> I don't know, though. Butter sculptures at the State Fair are something that we have been able to do because of the modern because marvel of, of refrigeration. Yeah. And I don't know. 
that that's something. All right. All I watched right. a lot of Boardwalk Empire, which is you're right. I a documentary, see and I don't remember a lot of refrigerators there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was no butter sculpture subplot that I because can recall. mostly, if I recall correctly, opiates and the mob and incest. A lot of sex you didn't want to watch. Yes. A lot of sex that I was like, please stop. Th- this can be um, closed door, everyone. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Never said that in my life. Bing, boom, bong. Time for yeah. Boardwalk Empire. I have a okay. pretty high threshold for stuff on TV. Or, you know, stuff in general. I can I can look at a lot of stuff. Okay. I didn't make it all the way through Boardwalk Empire. Neither did due I. Due to violence. I couldn't do it anymore. Really? Yeah. Violence. I, I couldn't do it after after the mom stuff. And then after that, character got put down. Couldn't do it anymore. It was yeah, over for me. I lasted a little longer. I'll tell you I'll tell you when I stopped because Ooh, it's please. horrifying. Oh good. <laughs> and I can't, <laughs> I can't We're um, not gonna say it now. <laughs> I don't want to ruin anyone's day. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Anyway, so he he then fingers her to completion as well. Okay. He's played her like a bagpipe. Jazz. <laughs> like jazz a saxophone. Bagpipe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a jazz bagpipe, right? Is a saxophone? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Close. Close. Yeah. Somewhere out there is somebody who is playing a jazz bagpipe. They're I out bet. there. And they're trying. They're trying to make their way. Oh my god! Please email us and send us your YouTube videos, please. Please the idea that melody. the Venn diagram of Heaving Bosoms listener and jazz bagpipe mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. intersects mm-hmm. is like my dream. <laughs> I, if that's the case. Anyway. All right. Okay. okay. So then. Um, hey, listener, what, don't email she, us and be like, I don't play a jazz bagpipe, but I do play a bagpipe. Yeah, we no. don't care. I don't <laughs> that's care. That's bagpipery. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm proud of you. We don't I want 20 you. emails from about bagpipes. But you need to okay? play jazz with your bagpipe. You need to play a jazz. If you're going to need to improvise. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Improvisational right. bagpipe. Thank you. With others. With others. Group activity. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And it must wow. be jazz. Yeah. That's what we said out loud. So do it or don't. Okay. You know? I don't know why I get so mad about emails. I just. This is. <laughs> This okay. is when we find out that he like goes to he notches his 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 condomed cock at her entrance and she like tenses up a little bit and he's like, Are you okay? Is everything okay? And she's like, It's all right. It's just that there's been no one since you. And he's like, Okay, we'll go slow like the first time. And he's so this is number two. Yeah, this is the second time. time she's had sex in her entire life. And that's fine. Well, they've really misled Hess, though, because from Miles' perspective, he's like, I remember her. I remember the tiny moans of pleasure that she'd make when I'd touch yeah. her. Like like they had this long sexual history, and apparently they had two pumps and a shutter back in Arkansas <laughs> once. I mean, you know? maybe anyway, maybe right. he was he was fingering her like a bag jazz bag pipe all over the place, you know. Like there could have been other non cock penetrations mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. clit diddles that happened. <laughs> you know, maybe yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe he did. Yeah, you said words there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So <sighs> then they do have sex, and now Aaron, it's your turn. Now that I'm done. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. They're laying in silence, post-coitus. All right. She says, she's ready to ask. She says, why did you leave me? And we're like, 
this is what we've been waiting for the whole book. What's the twist? Who died? Is he a secret agent? What's, you know. Mm -hmm. Did he think about entering a priesthood of some sort? Who knows? What was the crisis that kept this man from the woman that he loves for three years? Yeah. His deep sigh ruffled the silence. I owe you an explanation. Another minute Minute. passed before he started speaking. That's a lot of heartbeats. My mother died when I was three. And I was like, okay, the fact that you're starting at three years old already (laughs) tells me that this is not going to be a good explanation. Like, Mm, you know? Interesting. Because you... The fact that you've backed it up that far tells me this isn't going to be a good enough excuse for me. Okay. It devastated my father. My grandmother, his mother, tried to get him to stay with her in Louisiana, but he was so brokenhearted that he packed me up and took to the road. He could play that piano much better than I do, so he always had a gig somewhere. We never stayed in one place more than two or three months, but whenever we went, he managed to keep a roof over our heads and food on the table. I remember sometimes walking for hours to the next town and being happy when someone came along in a buggy to give us a ride, especially during the summer heat or the summer heat or winter freeze. It wasn't an easy life, but he was my pa, and I didn't mind as long as we were together. Okay. All right. Okay. We're listening cool. to the story. Okay. Thank you. Anyway, that was my life until he died in the war. After that, I tried to go to Louisiana with Mama, get a farm job, but I couldn't stay. A few months later, I hit the road again. But when I met you, something inside me wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. Miles propped up on an elbow and peered down at her. That first time I heard your voice, I was a goner, but that's not what captured me. No? She asked. <laughs> he stood, he shook his head. This, he placed his hand on her heart. This is what held my attention. He never fucking tells her. He says he wanted to stay. And then he, he just says, says he didn't know how to stay. Your amazing heart and giving spirit held my attention. I told you back in Magnolia, I've never met anyone else like you. I didn't want to leave you, Lee. Believe me, but I didn't know how to stay. Which is really funny because they weren't, that was the whole point of them spending the night together is that they were both leaving together. She didn't want him to stay. They were she going to go. She didn't want to stay either. <laughs> I know. Together. <laughs> So the way that they I rationalize this. He literally, you guys, he gives her no explanation. Yeah. This is like when you're in a relationship with somebody and they're like, oh, I had to leave you because I got scared of my feelings. That's it's not real. what this is. This guy's a fuckboy. Like, get out of here, Lee. No. And it never gets better. He was a fuckboy three years ago. He has changed. What changed him? He doesn't even say. The long years of being without her, he says. Oh, so one day she, he just woke up and was like, oh, I loved Lee? I think it was when he hit that art, sculpt, art sculpturist in San Francisco. And he bought that art sculpture and he was like, I need to get back to her so I can give this to her. Oh, man, I really miss Lee. I really need her in my life again. I, I mean, that was that was part of it, I think. Well, I'm glad he got tired of traveling so that he could be with me. Like, I just, I don't like it. Yeah. So for three years, he has been trying, he's been, he's had a song swirling around in his head. The notes have been all jumbled up in there and he's been working on this song and he hasn't been able to find the missing piece. But he does Mm -hmm. almost literally say he found it at her cervix because... (laughs) It says he loved her and he finally had the missing piece to the song he'd been working on for three years. 
And then later on, he's like, I didn't know it until we made love. And so I think the answer was at her uterine opening. You know what I mean? I think that's what <laughs> when he found her. <laughs> found the I hate it. answer. If a man treats you this way, yeah. don't get with him. Don't be with him. This man sucks. <laughs> All right. I mean, he's great now. Is he? Yeah, throughout the whole book, I was like, oh, no, he's here to stay. He loves her to death and Sure, beyond. sure. Until? Until? Until Like, what? that's the thing. If he can't give you a solid answer why he left or why he came back, he's not here oh. permanent. You know oh, what I sure, mean? Oh, sure, 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 Because, sure, like, sure. he loves her now until he gets another wild hair and he's like, you know what? I feel like being on the road again. <laughs> I'm a tumbleweed. Like, you don't need that. I'm a tumbleweed. That. I'm going to go a tumbleweed. No, you don't want that. No. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so now the next thing that happens is that he starts working on these songs and he tells her that like he wants to be the person that gives her everything her heart desires and it's a whole thing. And then he has two songs that he's working on. One he presents to the band and the band like immediately agrees to do it, which he wasn't Great sure was going to happen. Great song. Great song. Going to yeah. do it. Awesome. And then another one that he's been playing, but he won't do really in front of her. And she keeps being like, so what's that song, that other one? Are you ever going to show that to the band or like to anyone? And he's like, no, it's not ready yet. I'll let you know. So when it's finally ready, he is practicing it in the restaurant and she comes down unexpectedly and hears part of it. And it's like the one that he presented to the band is all about a girl who goes off to like make her dreams come true. And it's very obviously about Lee and it's a whole thing. And then this one, he's decided to call Love Serenade and he did find it in her vaginal canal. So... Mm -hmm. She's really excited to sing it with him. And then he figures out that they can make both of their dreams come true together with this song. Because Lee's whole thing, since she left, she she hasn't written to her parents at all. Because she wanted to oh, wait yeah, until she became a big that. success. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So for three years, she hasn't written because to her parents. Her parents were big church people who wanted her to marry a church man. And they're like, and that's stay. the devil's music. Yeah, and so Don't they're very like, you're a devil that. slut now. Yeah. So she wanted to be like the queen of the devil sluts. Right. Before but, she but Papa, let them know. I make money being a devil slut. Right. And then they will accept her. Yeah. So for some reason, she does write to them prematurely. Like, I think she finally, like with miles around remember. and stuff, she's just like, I should finally write to them. So she does earlier in the book. And now Miles is like, we can work on this song and I've got a connection to a recording studio and I think we can sell this record. And I think that we can make a big time music record with this song. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's everything I've ever wanted. And he's like, I know. Also me too. Mm -hmm. But this is the connect. He doesn't like get this connection now. Like he's had it. I feel like he's right? had it. Yeah, but he just, like, hasn't had the right music or the right song or, like, the right inspiration or whatever to do it. I, don't know. I just feel like, bro, you know Langston Hughes. Like, you should be bigger. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I like, do. <laughs> kind of throughout the book, we find out that he has these, like, weird connections. And it's like, 
then why are you begging to work at the Cotton Club? Like, go go cut a, <laughs> like, record, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. If, I mean, if he is as talented as everybody says, because, like, every time he plays the piano, everybody's like, wow! Whoa. Like, you're so, you're the best at yeah. the piano. Like, you know, so it's not like he has friends, but his talent is, like, trying to catch up to it. Mm-mm, no. You know, so I don't know. Anyway. 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 So they decide they're going to put this record together. Meanwhile, they are they are going up to her apartment and they are banging left and right. There's also a bang, night bang, where bang. she um where he makes her dinner and it's very sweet. He makes her a whole fried chicken dinner. The timing of it didn't quite work out for me because I'm certain that he because he cooked it and then he gets dressed and then like oh, he goes yeah. he walks over to her house and then he walks her back and by that point I am certain all the food is cold. So I don't know how that happened. I don't know though. Like it's summer in Harlem. Do, like does anything get cold? Oh, you make a very good point. However, my concern is this: Say not everything. that the food is cold, but that the food is in the danger zone. Oh. Mm. Of of being at a temperature, <laughs> yes, yes, where yes. that is optimal for the incubation of bacteria. And Indeed. if you have if you have food, this is why you got to watch your buffets. Make sure everything's under the heat lamps. Right. You know, if you have food out uh, between a certain two temperatures for too long, you yeah. are in the danger zone. Bing bong bong. Buffet safety troubles. with Aaron. Yeah, food. Bing bong bong. Food safety with Aaron. Yeah, that's so, that's all. Man, he makes her that dinner, though, and it is, like, delectable. I wanted to eat every morsel of it. I could go a fried chicken right now. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. then they meet with this dude, and Belinda's a big old bitch, and she's, like, <laughs> really mean to <laughs> she She's is. the waitress that really liked Miles. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and she's, like, being super surly to only Lee, even though Lee's not the one who rejected you all over the place, Belinda, okay? <laughs> So, yeah, she's a big old bitch to Lee, and, and the guy's like, okay, I'm going to come back tomorrow, and I'll hear you sing, and then, like, we'll see about signing a deal. So they knock his freaking socks off, and then they go and they sign a contract, and, like, he gives her a big giant competence boner because he's, like, seeing all the loopholes, and he's negotiating royalties, and, like, it's a bunch of stuff that's very hot to me, Melody. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and then he's like... Do you have time right now just to, like, get her done over in the studio? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, I guess. So three hours later, they have a perfect song that they're going to sell, and it's incredible. So it's all done. Then when she gets home. I thought you meant that they fucked in the studio. (laughs) No. I was like, I missed that. But I was like, I'm just going to go along with it because I was herbsing, like, big swaths of this book, it seemed like. So I was like, uh Maybe they did, like, fucking that studio and it took three hours? Okay. But no, you do mean that they did record that, that song. I, yeah, that her is the record. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a yeah, boat. Get, get the record done. Yeah. yeah, I gendered it in a weird way mm-hmm. that, that we do in English. I feel like that record would be a girl. Probably. Yeah. It was, you know, it's like it a love. Seems very sultry and smooth. Very seductive. Sure. Yeah. 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 So now she gets a letter that's like, want to come to Paris, question mark, want your voice over a baguette. Thank you. And she's like, well, I don't know if I can go to Paris for a month and like drink wine and sing the whole time. That sounds like a dream come fucking true. But like, what would I do with him at home and all this bullshit? And then he gets a letter that's like, you remember Chekhov's grandma that we presented... (laughs) 
in act one, she is sick. Okay? She's sick. I just, I just, listen. <laughs> what? <laughs> We've had, like, Chekhov's ex-boyfriend and, like, Chekhov's DNA machine. And, like, we've had some good ones. But, like, Chekhov's grandma is so funny to me because, like, you know, it comes from Chekhov's gun, which is something that you can pick up and you Like, it just, it's such yeah. an object that I just... Chekhov's ex-boyfriend being an object isn't as funny as, like, a grandmother being like, we planted this grandma when back in the beginning, and we now planted. she's about to blow up. <laughs> this old lady. Oh, time's ticking. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. I'm here with you. Yes. So they're like, she's, she's sick. sick. You gotta come home. And so he's like, oh, boy, I got to find her and tell her about it. But she's on an errand. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I skipped an entire other subplot. Fuck. What? The Percy comes. The Percy. Oh, that's a Chekhov's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, it is a Chekhov's ex-boyfriend. There's yeah. two. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And they both felt equally okay, important. So- Percy was an asshole. This is the guy that she's escaping who, like, made himself off to be out to be a minister. But she says at the beginning, she kind of just kind of drops that he's, like, a thief and a cheat and a something a else. Swindler. But she doesn't really explain, like, why he's some kind of grifter. Yeah. We find out later that it's because he presents himself as a churchman, but what he actually wants to do is whisk her away and make her be part of his, like, traveling music group. Or something right. that is not that's that's not clerical in any way. So right. anyway, so he came and he was like, "Hey, your dad sent me to come get you, and you sent me like you did a big problem for me because I haven't been able to do this music group without you, and it's like some bullshit. And your dad still wants me to marry you, so like I'm taking you home." And she's she's very much like, "Fuck off right now." And we have this moment where he gets really upset and he like just leaves because he doesn't want to beat this man to a pulp. And there's this moment where she's like, oh, my God, does he believe that I'm this dude's fiance after all? Mm-hmm. But she also doesn't believe that at all. And so I thought it was going to trigger her abandonment issues because that seemed like like the main conflict. But it didn't at all. No. And then it it like he came back the next day and he was like, no, I just have a temper and I, I could have... Uh, beat him See, up. See, that's the thing. It's like, it's not that all the subplots, conflicts were on the same level. It, it, for me, I'm not I'm not saying yeah, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. wrong in your interpretation, but like, what you were saying about all the conflicts being the same level isn't, isn't the way I perceived it. It was that, like, all of the conflicts were non-conflicts. It's like the thing that oh, you I think is, is being set up to be the conflict between them, like his big secret mm. or, like, or like this. Like, nothing really, like, is a conflict once you get to it and you've been waiting 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 for the thing to blow up and then it never it never does and it do, it doesn't pay off for that artificial waiting for it does that make sense yeah and like i there is a component of that that i just found comforting you know what i mean yeah like it was kind of nice that they never that they never like was, really yeah. gave I up like on that, each other i like that there wasn't like a huge I like that. You're right. That is kind of comforting. But then also, 
the waiting, f- the waiting totally. for it, it totally. felt so artificial and unearned up, yeah. that when it got there, then it was like, well, this has been for fucking nothing the whole right, time. Right, right. You know, yeah, like yeah. all this stuff that I've felt leading up to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. So anyway, there. So like grandma. this, this creates this. No, we have to get back to the boyfriend because that happens before the grandma. Sorry, no, I everyone. Thought, okay, I thought we so, were done with the boyfriend. No, we're not. Do you forget? <laughs> no. So we. Okay. So this <laughs> fucker <laughs> goes and like ambushes her. At, well, first I he comes to the club, okay. and then he like tries to take her away that way, and and Miles gets there just in time and like beats him up, and then he does pull a gun out of a holster and put it to this guy's middle of the forehead and he's like you need to fuck off right now or else i'm gonna put you in a body bag next time i see you and i was like hot okay i'm really glad that like you (laughs) didn't do that but also like i'm i'm also a little bit alarmed because now we've got to check off's gun everyone (laughs) 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 so then he leaves and then later on in the story Two guys come and attack Miles at his apartment, and he beats them the fuck up. And then Miles I becomes very find, good at beating people wait, up in the in the. I have to the, find the, the, line the final for you act of this book because I almost I almost sent you a screenshot of this. It blew me away. So this guy is like down on the ground, and he's like, "Did Percy send you?" And then the guy says, and it's like, "Go to hell!" Yeah, the man spat. Wait. Then it says, Miles calmly shot him in the knee. <laughs> calmly? <laughs> I loved it. I love it, though. I love that I it's calmly. Too. Just like, boom. <laughs> ah! Then he says, the next one's going to send you to reserve my seat. <laughs> if you don't tell me what I want to know. It's so good. <laughs> the guy said, go to hell. It's so good. Yeah. So. in in Oh, I got I got you. Because yeah, yeah, of yeah. Going yeah. to hell. I my understand it spot now. In hell. I get it. I yeah, understand it's a good joke. That. It's a good joke. But, you it's know, with joke. all the things that I put in there, you, you couldn't see the, the link back. I get that. So then he goes I, to the train station. Shit you not. Yeah. A Model T just drove past my house. No. Yes. What <laughs> incredible timing. <laughs> Super strange. Because Miles drives a Model T. Yeah. Incredible. It's down the street now. Anyway. Wow. Okay. So okay. then Miles has to go to the train Shooting station. Shooting times is overs. Shooting times is overs. And Percy has her by a knife. And so he does get her away from him. And then he beats him up behind the train station. And then they put him on the train. And, like, Percy's gone forever. Goodbye. And she does send a telegram to her parents that's like, Percy is a crook. Stop. Had me at knife point. Stop. <laughs> is not a church man. Stop. Which, like, once again... <laughs> Communicate with people. I know. Just she send them knew a that from well, jump. They didn't believe her. They didn't believe. She told them. Did she tell them yes. that though? Yes. Okay, I must yes. have missed that. Okay. Yeah, and they All didn't right, believe okay. her because they thought I she just that. thought he was like fifteen like, years you older. You could have saved a lot of heartache by telling your no. parents this three years. They ago. They refused okay. to believe okay. her because she was she had that devil music inside her. <laughs> right. And so she, she everything she says could be a lie. So True. now it's okay. grandma time. And he goes back to Louisiana and grandma does die. And it's very sweet because she, before she very dies. Very sweet, very sad. Yeah. She gives him like the his mother's wedding ring and like a picture of them and letters that they wrote back and forth to each other and stuff like that. And it's really, really sweet. And this happens after the knee shooting times. It does. Yeah. Well, because so 
so when before he goes to Louisiana, listener, I'm sorry I'm all over the place. I'm not even <laughs> drunk anymore. It's worn off, I swear. We both are clearly all over the place about what happens when. I know. So no, before- no, no. So before he goes down, he goes to the shop, the restaurant, to be like, hey, I have to go to Louisiana, but she's not there. And so he writes her a note, a very detailed note, and he hands it to the fucking Linda. Always write a detailed note. Oh, and then but Belinda. Don't hand it the, to Belinda. The don't give it to Belinda. <laughs> so then when she, when Lee comes in, Belinda hands her this thing that says, Sorry, Lee, had to leave. Catch my farts, Miles. <laughs> and then she's like, Oh my God, I can't believe that he's just doing this to me again. <laughs> Catch my farts is one of the funniest things to say as you're leaving. <laughs> oh, can I say I I haven't I have not mentioned this on the show, but my husband recently left for a six months motorcycle trip. Yeah, and as he peeled out of our driveway, he did turn and shout, "Lose my number." No. Um, <laughs> That's a really funny thing to shout. <laughs> but now, <laughs> eat my farts. Was it, what was it? Eat Catch my farts. My farts. <laughs> Catch my farts is the funniest thing to say when you leave. Because you're like leaving and you could fart on the way and they could catch them. I love it. I Let's write it down uh, where I can remember to say it to people. I can't wait to leave a room and be like, catch my farts. I can't wait. I'm so excited. God, I thought lose my number was the best, but no. It's catch my farts. fuck that and fuck him. I'm going to Paris. And so she gets on a steamer boat and she's going to Paris. But then he comes back just in the nick of time. (laughs) (laughs) I was just imagining her on the back of that boat to Paris, which is leaving so slowly from the dock. Just catch my farts. All the horn is like catch my farts you know oh god oh Oh, shit can we make it our new sign off instead of keeping a badass like I want to say it when we say goodbye every day no problem (laughs) we can do that Can that be in the reading embrace next year? Yes. <laughs> Catch my farts. Of course. <laughs> oh. oh, shit. My whole face hurts. Same. <laughs> anyway, so he comes back and he's like, I'm going to get on that steamer boat too. And boy, does he. And then he runs into a reverend on the way. And before he finds Lee, he does tell that reverend his whole love story. And the Reverend's like, go get her, son. And so he does go get her. And he's like, I didn't tell you to catch my farts. That was awful, Linda. (laughs) I told you to treasure my farts forever, actually. Here's one now. (laughs) What I told you was that I need you to treasure my farts as I go crop dust my grandmother's corpse. Okay? (laughs) I'll be right back. (laughs) 
BRB. <laughs> I want to fart under the covers with you forever. <laughs> actually, actually, he basically does say that because then he does ask her to marry him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's all marriage is. <laughs> it is. One truly. big Dutch oven for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, my poor husband, you know. Ooh. It's very rarely <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> it's always me stinking him out. Anyway. <sighs> So then, then they get married by that reverend on the boat. Yeah, it's that reverend's great. on the boat. Yeah. And they're just like, marry us, reverend. And yeah. that's cute. But, like, you're still going to have to pay taxes individually. Like, you still got to <laughs> get married legal times. You can't just find a random boat, reverend. And also, author, Cheryl, you're on a boat. Boat captain. captain. If you're on Captains. a boat, find a boat captain. You don't need boat a rando reverend. Do it for you. you get a boat yeah. captain. Yeah, it was more anyway. sentimental, though, because he knew their whole story, you know. Sure. So. And anyway. so now they're married forever, and they're, they did to get that hit, hit record of the, of the Jazz mm-hmm. Times music. But they never knew about it because they were in Paris vol- <laughs> in involuntarily. Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they tried to call, and they weren't there because they yeah. were like, we made a mistake and went to Paris. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, they came it's back. It's like the end of Overboard, but but imagine that boat's on its way to Paris. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, shit, I guess we got to go. Ooh. So anyway, it was a lovely little little 160 pages, I think. Yeah, it was, it was short. Yeah. It's, well, the, I can't call it snippy snappy because it was short, but it was long oh. to read. It, oh, I don't okay. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, feel, I, feel, I hear that. It has a lot of herbs in it. There's a lot of herbs in this book. Yeah. But if you if you like history and you like this time period, um, there's also a lot of Easter eggs, too. Yeah. That do go with the story. Like really I said, cool sometimes shit. it meshes and sometimes it doesn't. But a lot of times it does, and it's um, fun to read about. Yeah. Kind of like that. If you like the World War II book with the, with the lady soldiers and all the extra yeah. history stuff that was in there, you'll like this one. I feel like they'll like this one more, though, because it is more romance. It's a lot more romance than the history yeah, I'm just saying, if, if you could get through the history in the other one... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...and you like history, this is this is a breeze. You'll oh, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I really liked it, even though, like, normally it's not my... It's not my tone. I liked it I even, didn't love it. Like, I just didn't... That. I just didn't buy That's the conflicts. Fine. And I'm sorry. I really wanted to like it. You don't have to like every book, Erin. It's okay. I know. But there are books that I'm more okay with not liking. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I really yeah, yeah, wanted yeah. to like this one. The cover it's so jazzy of this and book fun. Is so yeah, the cover is so great. It was like it's a time period you you never read about. Like yeah. it was a setting that I really liked. It was it was so and I liked them. I just didn't I just didn't love the book. Well, and and the cover, sorry, I have to talk about it just for a minute. Mm-hmm. The cover perfectly matches one of like the the dresses she very notably buys and it's this mm-hmm. outfit that she that she sort of curates and then ends up getting to wear for this record producer mm-hmm. like it's very cool and the cover does it perfectly i will say that um the recommendation we got was for a book in this series oh and so i went through all of the decades books kind of flipping through and trying to figure out like which one would be the funnest to which one did i want to read most yeah, yeah and that cover really sold me the covers flash the time period i was like Ooh, yeah. this is gonna be fun so yeah it's a great cover yeah it really is all right erin do you have a lady love <sighs> i didn't but we were chatting so much about scream beforehand that i'm going to it, it's still spooky season isn't it yeah it's still spooky season 
we're in October, a spooky season, yeah. when this is coming out. Yep. I think. <laughs> you just winced like it might not be. I don't hey, know. I don't know time. It might, be, it might be. It might not be spooky seasons. But I don't know if I've talked about how much I love the Scream franchise on this um, show. It is like a beautiful time capsule of the 90s half legitimate slasher film no, a third legitimate <laughs> slasher film. You were going to say a half, third half, half. satire, a third comedy. Uh, just straight comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like the second one is like in the words of Sarah Nestle who we just watched these together um is is a love letter to wireless telephones. Uh, like it, it's the technology is such a time capsule. The performances are ridiculous. The casting is insanely good in every movie. Mm-hmm. Um it's not without its problems like sexism yeah, yeah, wise, yeah. race wise. It's still unclear to me whether those problems were intentionally done as satire because the movies are so meta. I don't know. I struggle with it. But anyway, I love Scream. I love the Scream franchise. And if you haven't seen them or haven't seen them recently, you should go back and watch those Screams because they're hilarious. They're so funny. They're hilarious. No one thinks about them being hilarious, but man. And all three killers are so hot. All of them. (laughs) There you go. Nice. I won't spoil it if you haven't seen any screams, but I got big crushes on all those murderers. I love it. I love it. All right, I have two lady loves. One is surprise bedside chocolate. (laughs) That was nice. I'm not going to lie to you. I literally woke up and I said, oh, chocolate. (laughs) What I'm imagining is, you know, those videos where people put a treat by their dog's nose while they're sleeping. It's like And then the smell of the treat wakes them up and then they're so excited to eat the treat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I... I'm sorry, this is the second time that I've compared you to to a dog. (laughs) I haven't even noticed. It's just, it's apt. I forget what the other one was. It was like putting... Oh, it was not eating the mangoes with your hands, just your mouth. (laughs) Which leads me to my second lady love, and that is putting frozen mango chunks in your gin and mango juice cocktail. Oh, boy. That is good. You know, there's nothing more magical than fruit that gets you drunk. Those (gasps) 1800s ladies really had a smart idea there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Even though that was kind of like forced upon them by the patriarchy. I don't know. I just feel like I can't say anything. (laughs) an email here's the thing it was forced upon them by the patriarchy because they didn't they couldn't drink because they couldn't drink in front of men so what they did was they soaked the fruit in booze and then they ate the fruit and then they could pretend they were just they were just eating fruit just fresh fruit it's just, just yummy, harmless yummy it doesn't salad it's not devil juice it's that makes the fruit us, salad is salad. <laughs> it's the fruit salad <laughs> but it's still a great idea it is fully yeah all yes. right so, you can find us all the places. Come follow us on Instagram at Heaving Bosoms. We're on Twitter at Heaving underscore Bosoms. We're on Facebook. We've got a group that is the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult. We are on the internets, and that is heavingbosoms.com. Um, and if you want a bunch of bonus contents and you want the a preview of the Bonkers Romance Book Club, head over to mm-hmm. our Patreon which is patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast. You're getting early books over there. We're yeah. doing trivia nights. Yeah. Um, You're doing what, a book club with me every book other club. month. Like we actually, doing... we actually get together and chat about stuff. It's really fun. 
There's lots of stuff. Lots of bonus episodes. Yeah. Tons of stuff. Lots of stuff. So, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> keep being a badass. And catch my farts, bitch. <laughs> catch my farts. <laughs> Bye. <sighs> Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs>